The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is... What? Welcome back to another episode of Gorilla Interviews on the Pods Gear Podcast. Uh, Don, how are you now? Uh, do I? Do you want me to say the first, the the same thing I said last time? Yes. I hate friggin' technology. <laughs> one at day. one point, I thought I was. Te- at one point, I thought I was technosexual, and I'm not even close. I'm tech, <laughs> techno-virginal. You're you're uh you're 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 steam steampunk sexual technical. I'm I'm Barney the Barney Rubble of technology. <laughs> the Barney Fife of technology. You you only get one I thing to work at a time. I got one bullet. <laughs> I got one bullet. So, uh, hey Don, we got a new, we got a new podcast to chat with today. Uh, rolling in the mist with Kevin and Bravo, uh, out of Kevin Bravo. Say hi to everybody. All five of us. Hi there. I'm Kevin (laughs) and I'm that's the four of us, including, including the one other person. Nice. Nice. How's it going? (laughs) It's going pretty great (laughs) out here. You guys are from the rolling in the mist podcast. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so tell us about the rolling Mist podcast and, and what you do and how that all works. Kevin, would you please? Sure, certainly. So Rolling the Mist is an actual play podcast, which means we play a uh, tabletop role-playing game called City of Mist, and we make a noir radio drama out of it while still kind of keeping that same energy of a bunch of friends playing a game around a table and having fun. Uh, City of Mist nice. is a sort of newish RPG. came out like two years ago or something like that. Yeah, about. Yeah, where people solve mysteries in a you know, noir city and they have superpowers. But the twist is that their superpowers come from mythology. So we have uh, one character who's a detective who can see the dead, uh, just like uh, Osiris. Um, and then we have one character who's a surgeon who uh, channels the powers of Quetzalcoatl. Uh, and then we have one character, the the uh, police IT officer, Eugene Fritz, who uh, has the the Minotaur and King Midas inside him. And so there, there are times when he's like very meek and mild mannered and then he just hulks out. Nice. So so how so you've only been, how long have you had your podcast going then? We released our first episode around the like the beginning of January. Yeah, about the, yeah, the beginning of the year. Yeah. So we've been doing that. We've been releasing the episodes bi-weekly uh, ever since then. Uh, haven't missed a single release date. Heck yeah. Woo! <laughs> we're, uh, we're currently still uh, in Series 1. Uh, we Our current arc right now, as of this recording, is a casino heist arc, where, yeah. of course, everything is going wrong. 
So just imagine a surgeon, an IT individual, and without revealing too much, uh, a very, very uh, interesting individual trying who has no reason to be, you know, trying to attempt a heist are trying to rob a a heist. I mean, a heist of um, a casino that belongs to the underworld. Is it Nick Cage or Tom Cruise? Um, we attempt Tom Cruise. Neither of them have any business. They neither of them have any business being anywhere. We we do no. have a like a George Clooney parody somewhere we, in there. Yeah, we do. We do an Ocean's Eleven style format, which if you listen to the episode, mm-hmm. falls apart. Maybe doesn't fall apart. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> but given our reactions, you know it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so. Was it George George Clooney, George George Clumsy, yeah. whatever. <laughs> George Costanza. <laughs> so, so so you got into the you got into city uh, city what cities of the mist? City of Mist is the game. Of Mist. So uh, you got into that first and that said you, and then you said we need to do something about this. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been like a fan of like tabletop RPGs, like started out with Gamma World of all things, and then moved on to like, you know, Dungeon and Dragons and Monster of the Week and all that stuff. And then uh, when mm-hmm. I found City of Mist, that was around the same time that uh, Bravo and I first met um, because I had like, what was it like two years ago? It was almost about two years ago. Yeah. yeah, almost two years ago. I came out to L.A. and I met up with him while we were working on a short film together and we were just like talking shop and just it, it just kind of like came up during the shoot where it's just like you know hey do you listen to the adventure zone oh yeah you know I, i'd love that i'd love to like make a podcast about that and bravo was like well i mean i have all this you know equipment i just no. don't have it you know and i was just like well i have this idea for a game we could play that <laughs> and then it just kind of went from there I, th- I think what it started was yeah you were the the director of photography on that shoot and mm-hmm. i was like the lead actor and i was just just i usually anytime i'm on set i i talk to everyone and everyone from the gaffer to the pa because i've done those positions and i'm like you know might as well converse and i believe i was telling you about the production company that i was working on with uh, my buddy jason Mm -hmm. and uh i mentioned you know like you said i had all this equipment i had you know uh four working microphones a computer audio interface and i was like i was just looking for content because at the time it was just uh me and my buddy jason uh and i was like well you mean you can start an entire, you know, company off of two people, but it's nice if you had, you know, something to to make. And at the time, you know, we really didn't have anything uh, until Kevin suggested. He's like, well, I have this idea for a podcast. And I think after that, about like a week or two weeks later, we met up for coffee mm-hmm. uh, right by where you lived. Yeah, uh, Pete's Coffee. Pete's Coffee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think you had a coffee. I had nothing because I don't do drugs. I don't know how uh, detailed we have to get into this origin no, no, story. No, no, no. Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting origin story because the entire time I was just like, I have never played a tabletop RPG game. But this guy seems very adamant about making it happen. And I haven't seen this kind of gusto in somebody. I'm going to give it a shot. I have a, I have a question. Okay, so uh, which which one of you is on the which which one of you just said you don't do drugs and were, were, was referring to that's caffeine? me, Bravo. Bravo. Okay, it, it, Bravo. Isn't a tabletop game uh, some type of drug? <laughs> yes, and I mean it's a, it's, a, it's addictive, yes, right? It's all thanks to this bad influence I call Kevin here. Yeah, what what's so he's male, uh-huh. you may as well start snorting up heroin now. Oh! <laughs> it, it's actually it's really hilarious because you know after we played city of mist then uh we made like a dungeon dragons group together that we don't record a podcast for 
Uh, and I think it was at the, I think at the beginning you were like very casual about it. It's like, oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll join if like you have an open spot, like yeah. and if I got free time and all that. And how many D and D books do you currently own now? All right, look, look, look. Because uh, okay. I, I can, I can put you on blast here real quick. We got no, put me on blast and I'll switch it to my advantage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, Kevin is right. We're not, we're not currently recording a podcast or video podcast of Dungeon Dragons, <laughs> but I'm thinking, look, because uh. If I could quickly just, you know, point out the fact we we have we have a production uh, company uh, called Odd Loot. And my job as, you know, the founder of it is is to provide for my employees. Well, I'm not even paying you guys, my friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not getting paid yet. Um, whatever necessary. Interns. We call my, my unpaid interns. interns. Exactly. Yeah. We're all unpaid interns with a dream. Um, <laughs> my job is to provide you guys with the equipment you need to, you know, work flawlessly. And at some point, we're going to be doing a D&D thing. And I'm like, hey, we might need the books or the expansions, you know. And then how many times do you ask me for my books to look up information? Mm -hmm. They're there, man. They're <laughs> oh, there. they're there. That's your excuse. Yeah. No, no. Okay, okay. When you... are you guys getting married? That's what people say, yes. <laughs> Bravo, Bravo. You cannot talk to me about making up excuses. Oh, I'm buying all these books for a potential future podcast. I did. You, no, no. You, you dived headfirst into D&D. You love it. Look, one thing I was top of my grandmother's, you never go into the forest unprepared. Sure. You, you know you can just have fun. Why is grandma that, right? going I into know. the forest so often? But I'm also kind of stingy with money, so I'll be like, is this a business expense mm. and fun? Yes. So here's the rest of the 15 books of the the, the fifth generation. There you go. Have fun. God. Yeah. So yes, it's a drug. I, 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 I've only got three, three Resor books. Resource material. <laughs> I, I just want you to know that that is what being friends with uh, Ryan Bravo is like. Like whenever you want him to like get him out and do fun stuff, you have to somehow justify it as a business expense. He's not wrong. I mean, I'm always like working or like reading. But, uh, you know, talking about like our group a little bit, Odd Loot, you know, it's sort of the, the name comes from like what, when you play a game and you like with D&D. <laughs> The most memorable magic items are always the ones that are just like a little weird. Yeah. Like the the ring of invisibility, but you put it on and the ring turns invisible. Yeah, you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, you know, it's it's kind of from like expanding on that. It's like when you open the chest, you know, there, there's a treasure for everyone. And so we're not only are we trying to make like weird content that's, you know, a little off the beaten path, but we're also, you know, we're a production team who's trying to like give opportunities to driven up and comers, you know, in the field of media production. We're, we're trying to bring more people into the fold in order to expand on more projects. Nice. So uh, speaking of that part, so for your podcasting, do you, do you, are you self-hosted or do you, are you host, hosting who are, who's your hosting partner? Um, do you mean like what website we use? So you, who's your media, your media, your media host for your podcast? Well, where we post the, uh, the, the, uh, the rolling in the mist is like, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Is that what you're referring to? Oh, uh, no. So this would be like uh, Libsyn or uh, uh, the, the, uh, Blueberry or the, the other hosting platforms uh, where you actually upload your uh, MP3 file. Yeah. We, uh, we, our host is currently SoundCloud and we use that RSS feed to go on to uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, <laughs> uh, Stitcher, Overcast, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find our podcast. Uh, that's my little advertising blurb there. <laughs> with the voice included mm -hmm. oh, and you can also <laughs> that was a, you, you can also find us on youtube you should, you should, 
You'll be getting a check for exactly one quarter of a cent from all of them. <laughs> I'll take it. Put that as a tax return. And then they'll sue you. <laughs> then they'll sue you for $250,000 for using their name. Hey, buddy. <laughs> we can? <laughs> something about blood out of a yeah. turnip or something? <laughs> you can take all of my company, which is worth this pink headphone. Done. <laughs> you have to fight me for it. A partially thawed fish stick. <laughs> I mean, I'm currently holding a nickel, so I think that's about the the worth. Current. Yeah, that's about the the worth of this company. <laughs> you don't you don't even have a second nickel to rub the two of no. them together, is what you're saying. But we are driven. We're very driven. <laughs> so so Kevin, Ooh. what you're saying is you got a nickel and you're about to do a hostile takeover. <laughs> You better not. <laughs> Look out for the odd loot stock options coming, I don't know, 20 years, 20 years from now. What are the dividends on that? You can support us on our Patreon. That could be yours for free. <laughs> yeah, that, that statement is not legally binding. Yeah, like, nope. yep. <laughs> Got to say that real quick. So, so the, the, so what was what was it that got you to do cities of mist as your i mean because you'd played other things why what made you focus on that particular rpg the city of mist was uh relatively new when we came up with the idea um i think there was like one or two other podcasts uh like doing like actual plays of it but also city of mist is a very like narrative driven game like you know, the, the game mechanics are, you know, very easy to learn. Uh, they allow for like a broad range of creativity. Um, but uh, also there's like there's moves in the game for like having dramatic flashbacks, uh, for having voiceover monologues at the beginning of every session. Uh, there's a move I love dearly called Stop Holding Back, where it's just like, OK, screw the game mechanics. Uh, roll for your spirit bomb. <laughs> Okay. Like that sounds like a little bit of fl that sounds like some flux has been thrown in there. Oh, a, little a little bit, bit yeah. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's like powered by the apocalypse with some uh, fate engine thrown in. I think is like the roots of sort of the game mechanics. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sci-fi, Lovecraftian, uh, <laughs> steampunk. <laughs> we'll throw it all in there. It, See what sticks. It can go completely. We need some HR Geiger of the mind. Pretty much. <laughs> and that's really like the, the beauty um, of City of Mist, though, is that like because it, like the characters, their powers come from mythology and like popular culture and all that. Yeah. You can have characters who drive their powers from the works of H.P. Lovecraft yeah. or, uh, you know, like Greek mythology or Norse mythology or, you know, you can even go like super modern with it. I've heard of uh, some game groups who had characters where their myth was like Superman. And it's like it's a little on the <laughs> nose, but at the same time, it's like, oh, that I, I'd play that game. Because I know when we first began, um, we actually like took a day for Kevin to actually teach us, uh, us and our other production partner, Jason, uh, like, all right, here are the game mechanics and here is how you create your character. And I remember when he when we told Jason, he's like, wait, so like anything I could become anything mythological. And then you say, well, no, sometimes there's like some examples or it was the um, the the representation of Don Quixote or uh, I think um, what was that? That like vegetable. Oh, yeah. So when I first started playing City of Mist, I played a session with a few friends and my girlfriend and my girlfriend, she has a policy whenever she plays a tabletop RPG, her character has to be a joke. Uh, like it 
like just a funny concept and then she plays it through so her concept was a uh, a preacher who had a community garden and was trying to lift up the neighborhood but his mythos was veggie tales <laughs> so so this character had religious plant powers Imagine having that kind of character solve a mystery. <laughs> and, and, and that's City of Mist, basically. Is it done by show, song? Yeah. And and like and the cool thing that I, that, I, that I very much enjoyed when like when I was told what the character creations are. I'm picking red. Okay. Don't worry. I know. I know. I know. Um, um, was that I actually sat down. Like for example, uh, the 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 individual that I play on Rolling in the Mist is uh, Dr. Leo Castillo, uh, who is you know an emergency room doctor but who channels the power of the Mesoamerican god Quetzalcoatl, which was known as the Wind Serpent. Mm -hmm. And so I, already, I always knew about Quetzalcoatl through my, you know, my, my background and my culture, but I never knew much about yeah. the creature or, or the mythos. And I actually, I think I was in, like in the living room or in the kitchen and like you walked in and I was watching like a 30 minute like video on YouTube about everything about Quetzalcoatl. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the way I can customize the characters, the mythos, uh, for example, is it could be anything. As long as you know you explain it, you you make it interesting to the entire story, uh, the telling of the story, and I've I realized that like wow, the interpretations of Quetzalcoatl throughout the years in different Mesoamerican timelines uh, was like he chased the sun. He was the god of wind and learning, but not in not a you know not a sun god. And so when it came down you know to it to actually create the character, I was actually unconsciously pushed to know more about the mythos that I was going to be playing. And yeah, when it came mm. down to it, I was like, oh, my God, I can like have fire, wind powers, but also like it was seen as symbol of life. So I have, you know, to my doctor as my logos, uh, I have like healing abilities or healing spray. And it kind of got me very interested in not only playing the game, but learning about mythology without me even knowing. And that's one thing that I, I can like credit this game. Yeah. If you really want to get into it is like expand outside of like, all right, if you're going to be playing a werewolf. Like maybe you'll spend a day where you're just looking up, you know, history is about werewolves. And you're like, oh, I didn't know about that. So you get to have fun and learn something new along the way. Mm -hmm. and, and another thing that's great with the game is that, like, it does have this broad range of possibilities. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you have the option of having all these superpowers, but still has this system where it's like, you know, it, it does kind of hold you down to, like, certain powers. Like, you do have to make choices on what your character can do. Yeah. So that way it's not, like, too overpowered. Um, and it's... It's very interesting because then the game becomes trying to create uh, like creative combos with all of your abilities no. to, to like get better bonuses. And so every time we roll in the game, it basically becomes a negotiation of like, OK, I'm going to punch this guy in the face. So I'm going to use my tag mean right hook boxing training and uh can i use veteran doctors calm because i need to be super calm during the situation you it's like you, you all give me shit about me using that power but it is legal in the game and it works it for for non-listeners that's a running joke within our podcast that uh bravo will try to use his tag veteran doctors calm for literally every single one of his i roles. am a surgeon okay in the emergency room i have to be calm all the time or else somebody dies if i'm going to be channeling like a laser beam with the temperature of the sun i know it can't be you know not focused on it and then he denies me sometimes oh yeah, because sometimes <laughs> sometimes you're trying to like you blow up a warehouse that. and you don't need to be calm. I want to blow up the door. I just rolled really badly that it blew up the warehouse. <laughs> somebody somebody needs to be an anesthesiologist just to uh, mellow out the I have an ability out. that lets me do that. Now you know. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I, so 
how is anesthesiology? It? <laughs> Power of the whatever, yeah, that propofol. <laughs> One of my favorite things about your character is that when you initially built him, you know, you gave him wind powers, you gave him flame powers, and then your first level up, <laughs> you, your first level up, you decided to make him flame proof because you didn't think about that before. <laughs> so a little context to that. Um, in any game that I play, um, well, more specific, more specifically, like tabletop, I have this weird and Kevin can abide to this. Jason, anyone who's ever played with me, I have this unforeseen bad luck when it comes to chances. And every time I roll trying to do something cool or even like I want to place the cup on the table quietly. I will always roll critically or like fail the roll mm -hmm. to which I blow up a building <laughs> or, you know, I break a bone or, you know, I punch a kid as I'm trying to like show them affection. And our first one was like, <laughs> I'm trying to run away because the cops are coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's weird of a, of a licensed doctor is in the crime scene. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to run away and I'm going to use like um, step of the wind or like, you know, increase, you know, you circle the wind around me to run really fast. I roll like four. And Kevin says, you run straight into a fence, which causes an even bigger thing. <laughs> it, it's a game. It's yeah. like that. It's like that Dungeon Dragons thing where it says, you know, you see you see an ogre uh, sitting on uh, next to, on the side of a mountain. But you're he's he's got his back to you. So, so, so I, I, I rolled to push him off the mountain. And so you roll a one. And you hit, and so the the outcome was you gently caress the ogre's back. He feels very uncomfortable, <laughs> and it pushes me off the mountain. <laughs> City of Mist is a game that's full of those moments because the mechanics are built to create complications. And what what I love about your character, Bravo, is that like it, it's not you put a cup down and then something blows up. You always want to like you you go full out with everything you do with Leo Castillo. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to run from the crime scene. It's I'm going to propel myself with my magic wind powers. Because you told me if I'm going to use a tag every time. Okay, so here's the thing. Every time we use a tag in the game, we have to explain how we use it. And so for me, I like being very descriptive and also give, you know, the, the listener a good show. Because, I mean, let's say in case, you know, since we don't have a visual element and we can't really, I can't summon wind. Uh, <laughs> um, I try to, you know, paint it as much as I can so that the listener could see and, you know, follow with the story. The thing is, and Kevin is right, is I paint to such a beautiful picture that you think when I take my brush off the canvas, it's going to be like, damn, that's a fine looking thing. It just bursts into flames. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> so it's probably a good thing that Bravo is not the GM. <laughs> no, here's here's the thing. I feel like if I was the GM, my luck would turn around. You would be such a rule lawyer. <laughs> I mean, oh God. But I make a good comedy. As long as as long as our audience is entertained, oh, yes. that's all I care about. So how does this so you you talk about how you do this as a, a noir audio play? How how does that work out? exactly i mean because i'm thinking like the old the old noir johnny bravo <laughs> that's right kids we gotta get you gotta right, solve this know. mystery here looks like they're dead oh, right well. exactly it, it it's it's once again it's it's the game mechanics kind of influencing the story like there's mechanics for like having a voiceover monologue in the beginning of the session and granted we didn't start doing that until one of our later arcs mostly because we were we were still kind of learning the game as we went along there one thing people have never accused us of is uh, knowing the rules of this game. 
<laughs> like uh, what our first three sessions were like wait is that how that works no no i think no i think you got to do that and i thought i know you took some out yeah but even then we're like no no keep some in just so they know how real it is oh yeah no there there have been <laughs> there have been so many episodes there was like one recently where i cut out like a four minute conversation oh, yeah. of us trying to figure out how this certain mechanic worked and like normally, I keep those in, but it just went on and on of us trying to figure this out. We were going like, back and forth as to like why it worked. Yeah, and the other yeah. table could, was like, no, they shouldn't work that way. So like we we do. Yeah. Well, you know, and and my 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 rule for for being if I'm a GM, uh, which I haven't done. I mean, I, I've only ever played Dungeons and Dragons, so uh, I, I haven't DM'd in over thirty years. Um, it's version two Dungeons and Dragons, so <laughs> that's that's how long so it's yeah, been. But I have recently bought the the fifth edition stuff uh and have i'm trying to get back into it and i had a friend she uh she said i'm trying to get uh, a a new uh D group together and was wondering if you might want to dm i'm like oh boy <laughs> strap in kids. so mm -hmm. it's just yeah uh but but my thing is you really got to make it have fun mm -hmm. if you if you're going to be super you know because i've but i've been with those kind of dms who are like Oh, you rolled a one, you're dead now, type of thing. You know, oh, yeah. that mm -hmm. and it's just like there's so it's just so black and white. There's no forgiveness, you know. It, it happened, you know. You, yeah, you're gonna screw up every now and again, but it's still gotta be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it's a game. That's the reason you're playing it. <laughs> Most definitely. We we're we're definitely not trying to like teach how to play the game. Uh there there have been there have been so many times where I'm listening over episodes and it's like, wait a minute, that's not how that works. But also this is really entertaining so let's do that um i i think we i think we had to come up with like a game mechanic for the uh, a big chase scene and what it oh, was like yeah. session nine where i'm like okay so here's the deal we could go through like a bunch of different rules but instead here's just how this car chase scene is going to work because i do remember like when when we were sitting down to actually like you know pre-production of how we we're going to record it how long they were going to be like for me, I'm I'm still new to the whole podcasting world. Kevin is our liaison to that world. Mm. And um, mm. I told him, I was like, look, all I know is, all I care about is if it's entertaining. I don't want it to be so rule yeah. heavy that, you know, we don't want to like be, like you said, the teachers of this. Because again, we're still picking it up in the group that, you know, you came together, me and Jason and, and our buddy Pablo. Uh, we don't know any of this. And we needed to, you know, produce it. Because I'm like, we're, we were excited to finally have a product. And I just said, as long as he makes it interesting and we can have fun, I don't care if we break the rules, as long as we have fun and the yeah, audience yeah. has fun. That's all I cared about. And and, and that's yeah. sort of the, the great thing about this is, you know, there is much of a difference between like how much you have fun during the table and what is like entertaining to listen to. And, uh, you know, we're not critical role. We're not. Yeah. We're, we're not professional voice actors who can make four hours well, of D&D. Not yet. Uh, Damn right. who can make four hours of D&D <laughs> sound entertaining without editing. Um, but at the same time, it's it's keeping in those authentic moments of like, wait, how does this work? Or yeah. like, you know, just just us laughing and goofing off that like I it, that really makes the podcast. Yeah, because we, we started to look at other podcasts before we did it. And for, and when Kevin and I were talking about it, we we're like, we want to what's our own unique take on uh, the City of Mist, you know, uh, actual play, you know, podcast world. And for us, we, we came down to it and we was like, well, the main focus is our personalities. Like the personality between, you know, like Kevin in real life, myself, sorry, myself, our buddy Jason and, and Pablo, and even Chris, we're very different personalities. And that's the one thing, especially at our company, Odd Loot, is we, we try to focus as we, as the personalities, are the content. And so 
when I started listening to some of the other podcasts, I'm like, all right, they, they, they follow the rules, they do this, but can we take it a bit further? Can we just be ourselves as doctors, as, as, uh, as detectives, as an IT professional? Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually beforehand, uh, before we start recording, we have a couple minutes where we just talk about our day, just kind of, you know, get the, get the engine going. And I, we usually mm-hmm. complain about stuff. And get ourselves either riled up or like, hey, this something great happened to me today. Like, All right, cool. And we just press record and we just start the episode. Like, I think when I, uh, the day that I, I was chosen to give like the monologue in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, I had like a great day. But what happened in the show was like, oh, man, we barely survived. And I went from like black to like to white and saying, you know, it was a dark day. But sometimes, you know, that's just life in the mist or something like that. Um, and, and that was a fun thing. And, and we were just like, I could tell, I could see like Jason and Pablo just holding in a laugh. Cause they're like, I just flipped the switch and I went all serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that's the wonderful thing is, you know, we don't take, we we're unprofessional professionals mm-hmm. when it comes to like our content, especially in this one as well is we like to have fun. And that's what we aim for is yeah. if the audience is laughing either with us or at us, then we succeeded that night. And that's one that, yeah, I think energy goes so much into, into podcasting. Mm -hmm. If you've got the energy and that you can bring across it, it makes it so much. I mean, you, you could be talking about shit you've never even considered and you'd be like, okay, I can dig this. I mean, like my, the very first one we interviewed with us was Bigfoot and Bob, which is a comedy podcast about cryptids. I got to check that out. I'm not a big, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really know anything. And Apologies to Ryan and Layla, who are very good friends of ours. We had they they just got married on oh, on Saturday. Congratulations! And they don't even know who the hell we are. Unfortunately, <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't make it because I had a big sewer line Ooh. problem and had to go to Home Depot and fix that shit. Literally, <laughs> um, did you fix it? Had to scope the poo hole. Yeah, I fixed it. I went and got a hundred foot automatic auger pulled the toilet out because I don't have a clean out and <clears throat> went down in through and ch- chiseled it all out. And it's, it seems to be working. So whatever I, whatever where, I got, where'd you get the idea of pulling your toilet and, 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 uh, sending a auger down your poo hole. Some, some guy named Slarty Bartfast. The man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> we had a series of, was it, was it four episodes? Probably four, three or, or four. four episodes where I was dealing with two different kinds of pool holes, one for my house or one for myself. <laughs> and, and now we've had two more with, with me uh, on cause both Don and I are both 50 and, uh, have had to have our 50 year old poo hole scoped <laughs> as they do that. in the doctor's office. Yeah. Hey, you still got a couple so, of years yeah. before that. You know, the, the, with my family the, pro- the problem is that, the pro the problem isn't the actual pool hole scoping because they knock yeah. you out for it. Yeah, the, 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 the problem actual, is the, the prep procedure. Point. The procedure is absolutely nothing. You don't you don't know. You prep. wake up. You don't feel weird. Nothing like that. It's it's the twenty four hours prior to. Yep, it's the prep. <laughs> yes, is you you get they give you this big. It's almost like a two gallon jug. Oh, of stuff that you have to mix with water. That's the way I did it. I know they gave some Don something different, but you, they mix it with you. So basically over the next day, you will clean yourself out <laughs> and you are not comfortable during that. And you can't no, eat you can't. anything. That's, either. that's the hard part is 24 so, hours without food. Oh. I, I've seen many of my uh, older, older friends, like they've tell me about yep. it is. Yeah. They had the same thing with you. Like you said, they had to drink this like 
two gallon mixture with something else. Mm -hmm. And they yep. went 24 hours without eating just to clean yep. out your entire system. Let me, yep. <laughs> let me tell you something. When you're, when you're type two diabetic like myself and you're going through that, it is the worst thing ever because your blood sugar is so low throughout. Oh yeah. You're, you're just, you, you have to, you have to drink as much broth as possible because that gives you at least a little bit of blood yeah. sugar to keep you at the base level. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And that's, there's like nothing else you can have. That's going to give you any protein yeah. <laughs> other than broth. I mean, I, I've, I wasn't able to find anything. I mean, I could suppose I could suck on a chicken leg and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was probably that. I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, but it was, you get, if you ever think of your, if you ever think that you're really hangry, try this. <laughs> That's right. Everybody. You see how hangry you get. Yeah. I was, I was going <laughs> to, the, the night I was supposed to start taking my, my meds, I was, I had bowling league and I was going to go bowl. <laughs> and at the last minute I was, I, I picked up my bowling bag and was like walking out the door. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I think I'm just going to take it off. And not 10 minutes later, I was definitely destroying things in my bathroom. Oof. Speaking about destroying. So, no. <laughs> I, I have no idea where you're going to go with that. No, I was going to find a way to tie it back to what we missed. Because that's called a segue. That's, that's called a callback. That's right. <laughs> well, actually, you know, because I mean, I, I, I mean, I dig uh, Rolling in the Mist and Cities of Mist, but I want to know more about you guys and what, what drives you to keep this going. I mean, how did it, how do you, I mean, what do you do when you're not, when you're not rolling in the mist? <laughs> what, what do you, what are you doing that keeps that, keeps your drive alive? So, uh, I am bit, so hang on. I've never had to say like the whole like origin story. Uh, the reason I let you go first is one thing you'll know about me is I can be very long winded and I could take up 45 minutes talking about everything. You want me to time you? No, that's why I'm letting you go first. <laughs> that's why I'm like, go, Kevin, because you'll get straight to the point. I'll paint a story for everybody else later. No, uh, there, there's a running gag between Bravo and I. Like he's told me a lot of his stories and yeah, you, you do get a little long winded, which is one of the things I love about you. But there have also been times where he's about to tell a story and he looks at me and I take out my watch and I'm like, and go. And he tries to tell like the whole story in like a minute. Which to my defense is like, all right, what do you got going on right now that's so important? <laughs> Nothing? Then listen. <laughs> <laughs> but go. Shut up and listen, like, what kid. Do you got going? If you got something to yeah. agree, great. Cool. Uh, so basically, I'm from uh, Westfield, Indiana. Uh, grew up there uh, for half my life. Went to Indiana University. I've been interested in like writing since I was a little kid watching Power Rangers and like pl like playing with action figures with my brother, just coming up with just like weird storylines. Uh, went to Indiana University for film and I pretty much just tried to take as many opportunities as I could while I was there. I worked in like sports broadcast. I worked in a couple of like indie films um, and then pretty much like as soon as I graduated, I came out to L.A. and that was about mm, two years ago. Yeah. Since then, uh, I worked I worked on a show where I went to China at one point, and then now I work with like real estate uh, like commercials. I kind of just take up a lot of different odd jobs that take me to a lot of different weird places. That's just kind of my luck. But the the main thing that's kind of driving me to you know take on all these jobs is 
getting into storytelling like you know and that's that's what rolling in the mist is it's telling this you know collaborative story and putting it out there for people to listen to and one of the beautiful things of rolling in the mist is that you know whenever i play like D or any rpg you know you have those stories with your friends and you can constantly bring them back but once the session is you know done it's it's gone but with like rolling in the mist we have them recorded so like there have been times where i'm just like oh hey remember that one time oh wait i could just listen to it again and so like there, there have been times where i just remembered this like really funny session just like played it in the car on my way to work but yeah pretty much just what drives me is i want to be a, a storyteller and how how did so what is your for your storytelling what do you, what do you do to to further that i mean is it you find that you just have to write something every day regardless of what it is or how, how do you go about what's your writing pro process uh well i i would i would love to say that you know every day i spend like half an hour sitting in front of a script and writing it but truthfully told like a lot of my writing is you know writing for uh these rpgs or oh hey what about this project and i start writing on that or i'm writing for you know like rolling in the mist like setting up stuff um I, I yeah. have like a couple of scripts that I've been working on and it's it, it's very much a juggling act where I kind of get the inspiration for one project and start working on that. Um, so yeah, I have a couple of different scripts that I've been working on. Uh, I work on, I do a lot of writing for like the RPGs that I play. And I mean, I've even, you know, written some fan fiction here and there just when I get like really inspired by some I've, you know, like watched. Um, Bra Bravo here is subjected to my uh, spoken fan fiction of my Fallout New Vegas character. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, nice. I, I've been replaying New Vegas as a leather jacket wearing cool guy named Lucas Riverdale. And so <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Catch your name. Huh? It's a ca <laughs> I, I wanted from the name alone. That's a very, very nice. That's a very 90s right? teen drama <laughs> name. <laughs> I wanted from the name alone to like you already have an understanding of who this guy kind of is. And, th and that's sort of the thing is, you know, the the creativity, the writing comes in a lot of different like avenues and channels and creating this podcast, Rolling in a Mist is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so, and I'm not, I wasn't talking about just writing a script. I mean, just writing, just create I mean, I know for a lot of writers, it's just a matter of, even if I'm not writing about, you know, my prod writing, my project, you know, just writing something, mm -hmm. uh, to get that, to get that juice flowing so that you can it's you know keeping your your mind lubricated oh, yeah. i whenever i listen to music i'm you know like trying to connect it to a show i've watched or a game i played or something i'm currently writing um my notes app in my phone is a just collection of just the most random stuff um sometimes it's <laughs> like log lines sometimes it's just like little moments i'd love to put into like whatever i'm working on um and it's I'm always thinking about something I'm working on pretty much what that's like, uh, <laughs> do you watch Fleabag on Amazon prime? No, I've heard about it, but I haven't had a chance to check it out. It's, it's really good, but there's a scene in there where, uh, Fleabag, that's her name in the show has broken. Uh, she and her boyfriend have broken up, uh, or she he's breaking up with her and he's just sobbing about it. And he says something really endearing and she goes, you should write that down for, you know, for one of your songs. He's, and he's like, Oh yeah, and he grabs his book and he starts writing it down. She does that dramatic. She does it to him a couple of times, actually. Yeah, and then he gets. And that makes him. That makes him even matter. Yeah. No lie, the the job I'm working at, you know, I 
uh, I do, you know, promotional videos for real estate and some of the names of properties across the nation are like, like I've written them down for my D and D campaigns, uh, like legends at white Oak, uh, carriages at Fairwood down. Uh, I, it, it's like the, there is some buck wild, like property names out there. And there, there have legitimately been moments where it's like either a name of a property or a name of someone we're like working with. Where I'm just like, okay, I'm writing that down. That's the name of my next character. You know, it's 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 yeah, funny there's whenever a, there's whenever there's a babbling brook complex or or you know real estate area. There is never a brook, and it is definitely not babbling. You know, or whis- <laughs> whispering pines, and there's nothing but oaks. Oh, the fucking there's a there's a condo complex just right down uh, off of fifth over here fifth and northgate i think it's it's listed as the 501 because it's fi- it's on 501 northgate i'm like oh that's cl- the 501 it's so exclusive <laughs> fuck you you're above a fucking tommy johns you ain't that spectacular buddy you're a, you're an indian restaurant a jimmy johns and a sprint <laughs> that's just speaking in the world of class <laughs> they, when they when they drink so, when they drink so Bravo, their Miller High Life, they put their pinky out so that they know they have class. <laughs> Only the fanciest. They have Schlitz. They like Paps Blue. Oh. So Bravo, what, what about you? Oh me? All right. So, yeah. Kevin, prepare to time me. No. <laughs> you've no, you've got a minute like and forty go. Thirty. All right. So. Um, <laughs> So for me, I was born in East Los Angeles, but I was actually raised in Mexico City for the first eight or nine years of my life because, uh, you know, healthcare was a lot cheaper over there. But I came back to the States mm-hmm. in about 1998, 99. Uh, and during my time, actually, in, in Mexico, I was actually introduced to the world of acting. So right now, as my actual profession is, I'm an actor. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was actually during like, I guess, if I remember correctly, it was like a professional play done by like kindergartners or first graders they just gave us like this massive script and they just said go and the script was like uh the birth of jesus christ because catholicism is huge over in mexico uh really i've never heard about yeah no you'd think so right (laughs) not with all the crosses i have everywhere you know is that the teaching the teachings of cathol she she knew a thing or two man man she made some great beans i'll tell you that Uh, (laughs) and um it was my grandmother because i didn't know what acting was i just said oh do i read these words in front of these people and try my best but i remember when i was up there um just when i was really going at it i i, I saw like people's like smiling faces the laughter and everything and i didn't I, it felt good it felt like because i know in the area that i lived in it was it mm. was it was impoverished and i usually used to see them with like just serious faces but these moments are like wow they're smiling they're enjoying this and my grandmother was the one who told me oh that's called acting and she then introduced me to like the the top uh, or I guess the, the classical uh, Spanish films uh, that she owned at the time. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, this is this is amazing. Like adults do this. They, they did what I did up there. Uh, and she's like, yeah, of course. And so that was my first taste of acting. When I came back to the States, <laughs> my parents were like, no, son, you're going to become a mechanical engineer. <laughs> and I was like, but but it's like, no, either that or a surgeon. So that's actually where Leo Castillo came from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and so uh, little did they know during my time in elementary school, high school, and even college, um, I did acting on the side. I asked whatever like student films like, hey, do you need an actor or I could play just like a 
a side character if need be. I don't care. Um, but I went to the California State University of Los Angeles and I got a degree mm. in uh, broadcast journalism as well as uh, communications. Um, but uh, I worked in CBS for CBS radio, KNX and 70 News Radio for about like two years. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, man, I don't like the news. My God. It happened at like four in the news. God damn it! Happened. I did it for two years, and I it was it was like like an epiphany that happened at four in the morning because that's when my shift started. Um, but I I it was a quick moment where I'm like, what do I like to do? Like I like making people laugh, make them feel things, make them feel entertained. And so, um, yeah. During my time also in college, uh, for about like five or six years, I attempted to uh, start a production company. Because we weren't, back at Cal State LA, we weren't really that well-funded compared to our, as I like to say, our across-the-highway cousins, USC or UCLA, who had like millions of dollars <laughs> worth of equipment. Uh, oh, we yeah. had to work with like one <laughs> one, uh, one audio field recorder to a whole graduating class. So we had to like, w- oh, exactly, like that's, and we had to find ways to be inventive to like actually get our films or even our projects done. And I didn't very much like, I said, why is it, if it's just money, you know, why not do something more? And so being an actor, I also did like, um, gaffing. I also did, you know, if they didn't have like an extra crew member, I, I started to learn the necessary, you know, positions in order to make the film come to life. Mm -hmm. Because if the film didn't come out, I wasn't able to, you know, be seen as an actor. I wasn't able to tell the story that was trying to be told. Um, and then, uh, later on after I quit, uh, news, I, I pursued acting like full time. Um, I went to a variety of different schools. I have uh, improv training from UCB, Groundlings, and next I'm going to be hitting up Second nice. City. Uh, and uh, a lot of the roles that uh, I've always wanted to do were very like dramatic and serious. Um, you see, Kevin is laughing because, you know, when you look at my face, I get a lot of like, oh, you look like George Costanza. <laughs> you act like him. <laughs> to, to our listening audience, uh, Bravo is a. I'm going to have to say, say he, he's a short Hispanic male with uh, kind of a Jufro going on in glasses. And <laughs> it, Bravo, like when, when I first met Bravo, he very much wanted to play like the James Bond characters. And I'm like, dude, you're you're the guy in the van. You're <laughs> Which is the hardest truth. It's the, it, it's the guy. It's the guy. You know, it's like Archer versus the guy who voices Archer. Yeah. <laughs> John Benjamin. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, and see, like it's it's funny because it's true, uh, but like that's that's like, but it still hurts. It, it still hurts. It. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, it's it's like no, no. It's like I get the comment. It's like you have the face for radio, was, and I was like, wait, hold that's up. What, what I say about me? I, all I'm never the time. that mean. No, that was like one of the first things I used to get. Because <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Uh, like, I mean, as as Kevin so boldly stated, I am a short Hispanic, curly haired <laughs> Latino or whatever. Um, and, but one thing like that kind of got me into acting actually, um, was that I used to, back when I was little, uh, I still remember very fondly. It was Toy Story and it was Jurassic Park. My, uh, my father introduced me to mm-hmm. these movies and I used to watch them, you know, over and over to a point where I think like the, the VHS for like Toy Story just ceased to work. Um, and, uh, <laughs> what annoyed my mother is that every time I would watch a movie, let's say for example, Jurassic Park, I acted like a velociraptor for like a, a whole week straight. I moved like one. I <laughs> ate like one to a point where my mom was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just being a velociraptor. 
<laughs> and because every time I would watch, you yeah, tell me, like, Mom, how do like, you be a velociraptor? Like, <laughs> <laughs> then she smacked me in the face and told me to go eat my vegetables. <laughs> but, but there, are, like, but there aren't any vegetables. Go find some. I know, right? I require meat, mother. And then she slapped me again. <laughs> but uh, I, I, any film, even when it came down to like romantic films or dramatic films that I would watch with my dad, um, I would feel the characters, whether it's male or female or, or, or characters who are, you know, androgynous. I could feel their anger or their happiness or their joy. And I would replicate it because to me, like, it just felt like the natural thing to do. Um, and so I would... I would, as my mother used to say in Spanish, manoteando, I would like, she would open the door and she would walk, see me or catch me like doing a monologue or like talking to the mirror or talking to like a book and, you know, reciting the line that I, that I saw in, in the video. But the, one of the biggest questions that I used to have for her was like, mom, why don't they look like me? Like, you know, I, I could tell a lot of the, the people that I, I valued and I enjoyed and I loved their work. Like, I'm like, I get it. They're, they're Caucasian. I had nothing. But I used to ask my mom, I was like, mom, you know, could you explain this? I don't see people who I feel what they feel. But are there any people like me up there? And my mom, she she was like raised like in the streets, like old school. Uh, Careful. She might be listening <laughs> to this episode. Oh, yeah. She could even understand English. Uh, <laughs> love her, mom. But, you know, she's trying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um and she told me, like, you know what, son, that's not our world. And I was always that very inquisitive kid growing up. Like I would I used to ask why? Why does this do this? Because I wanted to learn. I love learning. Um, and that kind of stuck with me for a while. And I was like, why? He's like, yeah, I don't look like James Bond uh, or even Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, just would you try the nasal exactly exactly <laughs> muy, muy good for the nose eh? <laughs> um, that, that wouldn't really stop me and so usually why i act and why i guess to answer answer your question uh like what keeps me going as an actor is i don't want a kid later on in life in the future to ever f ask that question and they got, get that kind of response because in this mm -hmm. world seeing mm -hmm. is believing and yes, I don't really have oh, the yeah. ability of looks, but one thing I work at every day is, you know, my skill, my craft, whether it's comedy, whether mm -hmm. it's drama, whether it's like acting a character, especially like Leo Castillo, that's very much myself, but to a very much more in-depth, like serious. Um, and, you know, as, as much as I'm mean to you sometimes, I, uh, I do want to say you're still one of the most dedicated actors like I've ever worked with. Thank you, Kevin. And you know, fucking representation yeah. matters, folks. I mean, God damn it, I, I can't. I, I, you know, I'm married to a a queer woman of color who has had to fight. Uh, you know, she's she's uh, she's biracial, and so she's had to fight oh, it yeah. from both mm -hmm. sides. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, it's it's, but you know, she she's she is unabashedly who she mm -hmm. is, and she owns it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate, you know, uh, the cultural racial and, and, uh, and sexuality diversity, uh, in any program. I mean, that's, that's, you know, like we were talking, not to harken back to Letterkenny, but to harken back to Letterkenny, it's the inclusiveness of queer characters yeah. and, and native mm -hmm. characters all played by those types yeah. of actors, you know, is so refreshing to see and it's normalized. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, having things like that, very, very important for, for other people to see that they're represented in media. So yeah, I, I give big, big props to you to keep the yeah. fight alive. Well, thank man. you. Thank you. 
yeah that's that's pretty much like why i act uh why i love it and i just can't do a nine to five job anymore i can't sit at a desk dean it's i, I just can't yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> you know if if i could if i could make this podcasting pay we're all interns here you get it don get it <laughs> so so are, are you guys also uh because you were the first to answer uh the question on that i put out on discord about the what, what's the, for the the answer was the, to the ultimate question of life the universe and everything which one of you was, that, that was, uh, was the me. one that, that answered? was kevin was yeah. or, okay so you must be a hitchhiker's guy yeah fan. okay simple <laughs> so, set to the point so i don't, I don't know how you want yeah, me to answer exactly. that exactly with enthusiasm yeah. well i mean so, well see and that's I, the, the thing i love about douglas adams is the absurdity of, that you don't see coming from anywhere just things that don't make any sense that are actually freaking hilarious when you're talking about ships flying in like gold bricks floating in the air like exactly like gold bricks don't do you know <laughs> those types of things so uh you know i i love the absurdity of of that and, and i can kind of see that you've got that especially with that game where it can have some very odd types of environments and characters uh and and be humorous and and just its own oddity mm. yeah we 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 definitely want to go a little nuts with like the storytelling that we can do. Um, we, I mean, we have, let's see, we, we've had characters that were uh, like masked motorcycle bandits, Mr. We, Christmas, Mr. Christmas, uh, which he, uh, a compulsive gambler who that, that was just what he called himself. Mr. Christmas just dressed up in like red and green. And I remember, I remember when <laughs> editing that episode, I was like, okay, this guy needs intro music. And I was trying to find like a badass Christmas tune. Shout out to uh, Kevin McLeod of Incompetech who had the song uh, Christmas Rap Royalty mm. Free. <laughs> that that is the uh, the song that plays during Mr. Christmas's introduction. Um, but but let me yeah, you, you, you need you, some uh, Mannheim Steamroller Christmas stuff. Let me just give a quick shout out to uh, Pablo Mia, uh, my fellow voice actor who created Mr. Christmas yep. on the fly. Yep. One nice. of the things we like to do during the podcast is uh, a lot of times I'll be like, okay, so here's two NPCs, um, Pablo and Bravo, come up with them. And, and yeah, we got like 10 seconds. We're like, got it. All right, here's the character. Here's their voice. Uh, <laughs> but it, that's, it's one, one of the reasons I got into writing is because I love stories that I think the technical term is high concept. I don't know. The ones that just go balls to the wall with whatever concept they go with. Like my favorite movie mm. of all time yeah. is Mad Max Fury Road because George Miller was like, I want to make a movie that's, you know, a post-apocalypse full of world building, fantastic characters. You can tell the whole story with like six lines of dialogue. Runt. And at the same time, like I want to make a movie <laughs> where a guy has an electric guitar that is also a flamethrower. And my God, he pulls it off perfectly. Here's a million dollars and more. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and more like like i yeah, i hate movies more. that have a concept and then just don't do anything with it like matrix 2 they have a bit where like like oh. the, like the guy to watch yourself kevin no <laughs> no no okay in matrix 2 there's a bit like where they're doing like the meeting or whatever and mm -hmm. he says like oh hey these people were like uh 
like based off like glitched code where like vampires and werewolves oh those came two from. guys okay that yeah. I agree with yeah, yeah yeah and then it's just like the dreadlock dudes just like face through walls and it's like come on we could have had Keanu Reeves fighting like vampires werewolves Frankenstein's and you just don't do anything with that <laughs> and then you have a movie like Cabin in the Woods which like audience I'm about to spoil the hell out of it right here hey, whoa whoa whoa, um, whoa 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 uh, okay. How long do you no need, spoilers? How long do you need to spoil it? Okay. Okay. How about the? Wait. You haven't seen it no, yet. No, I can it for like four years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Longer than that. Here's the thing: it's not available anywhere free, and I'm a cheap bastard. Okay. Re- ready. Nice. And spoil. Okay. So, Cabin in the Woods is a movie about horror movies, and like halfway through the movie, they reveal that this like secret government facility has like every horror movie monster inside its facility and so of course right. the beginning of act three there's a big red button and you know exactly what that big red button does and when they press it there's like like a still 20 second shot where like half a dozen movie monsters just slaughter a bunch of people like there's a witch taking someone's soul there's a giant anaconda <laughs> eating someone there's a tree there's a robot slicing up someone and like the rest of the movie is just like all these different horror movie monsters like fighting at one point a dude gets skewered by like a unicorn and it's like <laughs> right like it, it basically <laughs> as much as i'm geeking out my, my philosophy is if you have a story concept just go ludicrous with it just just take it to the logical extreme and then go even further. <laughs> go can to come, 11. Can I come back now? <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. You're good. So when so when that guy kills everybody, <laughs> you know what's going to happen. <laughs> right, exactly. Every, everything I watch there's a guy killing somebody in. <laughs> That's why I love the news. <laughs> exactly. I want to exactly. be entertained by oh, it man, and that, not that would just... you know, informed by it. Feel bad like, oh god. Okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the fucking oh, uh, I just I I I pretty much just get my and my news from the internet just so I can turn it off real quick. So <laughs> I, can, I can click the X. Go away. Yeah. I'm done with you until the fucking Cheeto Mussolini comes on the screen and I'm like, what the fuck is he saying now? Listen, it's and it's just like John Mulaney. It's a horse loose wait, in the hospital. I, I heard the word Cheeto. You got some Cheetos around? I, I said Cheetos and a Diet Coke. <laughs> you have my interest, but now you. Have I've my got interest. a hamburger mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> oh, it's, that, yeah, it's fucking embarrassing. Diet Coke. they're fabulous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get one for Don Jr. Fuck Don Jr. I'm from Indiana. I, I, I don't know. Aren't you, I'm from you Indiana. Both, are, oh. You guys are okay, both you from go. The, and you go and I go and somebody go. <laughs> um, okay, Don, shut up. Are you both? From, you're both from the Midwest, right? Kind of. No. no. No? Kevin is from the Midwest. No. I have never left the West Coast. <laughs> good, 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 good. good. <laughs> so, sorry that you were born in the mid mid Midwest. Well, Kevin has a story about something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so okay. Let's Indiana, hear. Indiana. Our governor used to be uh, Mike Pence, who is who he is now the vice president. Uh... Um, I I personally just curate news stories of Mike Pence getting dunked on because I'm I'm not a fan of that man. Uh, Mike Pence, if you're listening to this podcast, get bent. <laughs> um but one 
One of my favorite stories of all time, though, was right around the time. I think it was when Mike Pence announced that he was going to be like he was running for vice president with Trump. Um, a lookalike appeared in New York City, looked exactly like Mike Pence, except he, except right. he was wearing like they, they were either hot pink or rainbow hot pants. And he was co- right. Tight yeah, booty he was, shorts. Uh, exactly. Do not do that. Sorry. He, was, he was Mike Hot Pants. <laughs> Mike Hot Pants. And he was collecting donations for LGBT charities. And I'm like, I love this. Right. Yeah, because he he decided to not fund uh, AIDS research or prevention anymore. And the AIDS, uh, the, the amount of AIDS had spiked uh, in Indiana when, when he was when he was governor. Oh, he, he was also the one trying to push the, uh, the gay pizza law through. Which, oh, oh, really? Yeah. That's uh, that's what I call it. Um, there was, all right, we're going into politics. Uh, there was a. Re- that's okay. We we fantastic. do it all the time. <laughs> so while I was still in Indiana, there was a religious freedom act that was passed, which basically it was like, oh, you know, businesses can run themselves based off the religious preferences. When really that just meant businesses can refuse service to gay people. Um, and so right. I call it the gay pizza law because for some strange reason, as soon as that law was passed, there was like a pizza place that was like very loud and proud about how like we're not serving gay people anymore. And it's like, all right, first off, I don't think they were coming to your pizza place in the middle of like somewhere in Indiana. But fuck nowhere. Yeah. Like like <laughs> like crossbows and cornfields. Uh, that that was that was pretty much the area it was in. But it was I think it took like two weeks before like all these businesses were like, yeah, we're going to be pulling out. But there was all these like sports teams where it's like, yeah, we're going to be pulling out Gen Con, the, the huge gaming convention, like one of the biggest been going on for more than 50 years was like, yeah, uh, if this law is still in the books, we're leaving. And I like I said, I think it took like two weeks before, you know, the politicians were just like, no, 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 wait, we want your money. And then they you know repealed the law. And so from then on, gay pizza was sure legal in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have oh, two slices of gay pizza, please. Look at those hot pants. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mike Mike Hot Pants cares. So hot. Mike Hot Pants is a national treasure. Mike, Mike hot, hot Pants, pants <laughs> if you're listening, don't yeah, get that. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I and I've heard the you know especially I've we've we've lots of queer friends around here, uh, trans, uh, you name you name it across the sexuality spectrum uh and i worry for them probably more with pence in office if they if the impeachment does come up um i don't know but <laughs> what is, what is I've gone that down a rabbit um, hole of who's your daddy <laughs> oh, God. that, that is something people Christ. unironically say i want you to know that there you can buy t-shirts <laughs> at indiana university uh, that say who's your daddy and my dad owns one of them <laughs> so you guys are everywhere man you hoosiers wow. are everywhere in the there city. is a ton yeah. of hoosiers in la which is what we call people from indiana hoosiers uh i've looked it right, up right no one knows where it's from because they had there was even a gene hackman movie about yeah. yep. hoosiers yep there there's a ton of hoosiers <laughs> in la there needs to be more out here no <laughs> it's enough you damn corn-fed <laughs> bastards! <laughs> well, you know, we there, there is need for the corn in LA because we got to keep up the, you know, the, the tacos, right? And yeah, they're called the lotes, where yeah. we yeah, we got to keep we gotta keep our vendors going. Got to put your mayonnaise, you got to put your butter, you got to put your salsa. Done. 
you need the corn for the tacos. You need the corn for the popcorn. Like, you know, that is a valuable export. It's it's like, OK, we'll keep that. Keep you Hoosiers there. But just I want I want I, I want I want the Hoosier state to know that there's lots of queer folk in L.A. that are eating your corn. <laughs> As I say with a straight so face. Enjoy. Enjoy your money. <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy your, your, your gay corn money. <laughs> like, oh, we will. I, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't want to bash the whole peoples of Indiana. There's a lot of really nice people in Indiana. I have a lot of, you know, like LGBT friends in Indiana as well. I can't believe I just, I, I'm not using that as like that sense as like a justification. Like I could say that I have a gay friend. No. Um, so I have to tell Kevin, you don't have, you don't, you don't have to feel that way, dude. You're good. But, but yeah, we, we don't pick, we don't pick good politicians. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, God, the it's the banjo player. You know, we were talking about like diversity <laughs> earlier and it, you know, that is a thing that yeah. comes up a, a lot in our productions as well, because, you know, I am a straight white man. I am one of the biggest allies. Mm. I hate, I hate that I said that out loud too. <laughs> Let me just interject real quick. The majority, the majority of the team members from odd loot happen to be Latino with Kevin being in this mm. case, our token white guy. <laughs> we have already said, we have already said in a meeting, Kevin, you are one of us now. Don't worry about it. You don't have to like explain <laughs> yourself or anything. I, but I I have to keep telling you, like saying I can say that I have a Hispanic friend doesn't work in broad context. We, you don't have to say it at all. We it's 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 hey, it's okay. It's white guilt. Exactly. We all share it, buddy. We and we're just telling you we're absolving you from the brown folks as Latinos. We're absolving you. You're fine. God. We 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 had one episode of Rolling in a Mist. We did it like a little side quest where we played a game called Four Sherlock Holmes oh. and a Vampire. Uh, if you didn't catch that, it was Four Sherlock Holmes and a Vampire. Everyone plays different versions of Sherlock Holmes. So you can play as like Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr., Sherlock Holmes. I think Chris played uh, the Great Mouse Detective. Detective yeah. yeah. As a yeah, Rathbone. Exactly. Um, Jason <laughs> decided to play a Sherlock Holmes of his own creation. I cannot remember... I think it oh, was. Oh, I know what it is exactly. He, he called it Sherlock Holmes, where it was basically the uh, Cholo Sherlock Holmes, and <laughs> Cholo and Holmes, though. Cholo Holmes, yeah, Cholo pretty Holmes. much. Yeah, he he showed up in a low rider, and there was like a group of people around the crime scene. He's like, "Everyone, get out of the way! This crime here." And when we were, if you listen to that episode, there's a point where I'm just like like everyone around the table there's three latino guys and the one guy who's offended is the white guy <laughs> no at the time there were four latino guys oh. including pablo oh yeah yeah that's right um and and we're just because <laughs> jason jason's like his his color in in our little group of odd loot is he's the one who's not afraid to go all out mm. um and so he did every stereotype you would think of when you hear the word cholo and we just busted up laughing because a lot of it's true. And I'm I'm playing Robert Downey Jr. And that's when Kevin, or the Robert Downey Jr. style of, of Sherlock Holmes. And at that moment, that's when Kevin, Kevin right. go ahead. Uh, are, are you talking about like my Sherlock yeah, Holmes? Who was the, the anime Sherlock Holmes? Your Sherlock Holmes, Holmes. And then what you were, oh, sorry, when I interrupted you, what you were going to say. Oh, uh, I can't even remember at this that point. You, like just... you felt. No, it, it, like I, I wasn't offended. I was just like, I was like, ah, is this is this all right? And I was like, I'm. Here's the thing. <laughs> Me, the white guy, is not going to tell these guys they can't do the the his like the Hispanic caricature. Though, he, though, you did give us a look. Like, are you sure? 
I and Jason just went, oh yeah. I I have I, I, I have I, to give the it, are you sure look. It was more like I think it was probably more like, am I allowed to laugh at this? <laughs> no, and here's the thing. No, you're right. You're right. That's probably was that the reason. All white people have that look. All all white people. Yeah. All white people have that look where it's like someone makes a racial joke and they immediately turn to the nearest minority and it's just like, are we good? Can I can I laugh? Okay. Cool. Am I allowed? To, I feel like by I, now you should know within odd loot. Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> I feel like for, in the future, because I know in the beginning of uh, of our, every of our episodes, we have like a disclaimer mm-hmm. in case, you know, we don't want to offend people, but also at the same time, chill. Uh, we should put that is like, if you're Caucasian, you're allowed to laugh at these. Don't worry about it. Brought to you by the members of all. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Ser- oh, okay. oh, fuck. Sorry, we took out the. Bravo just uh, pulled away the two hot pink yeah, uh, earbuds that we're sharing right now. So you, you were going to say something? <laughs> I, I don't even know at this point, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's the kind of like content that uh, or the, the type of comedy we go for, like enrolling in the maze and odd loot is like we're not going to we, we know our boundaries. But at the same time, like you got to be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. You know, and and if we can sure. laugh at each other at either just our shortcomings like we we always rag on chris on him being very forgetful but we, at the same time he knows his stuff better than any of us i always rag on bravo for being short i'm telling you man height is a choice yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> i gotta find a way to, to you know make up for it by being the most skilled person in the room which i'm still working on uh, <laughs> wow way to turn that back yeah and no, the, exactly and, and the dopest hair <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've had many years of being called short, man. I, I got there for days. I'm George Costanza, man. I got it. I know what I am. <laughs> Believe it or not, Bravo's not at home. And I'm like, da, 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 da. it's all a choice. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, that's man. that's. I, I would feel oh, that's the dynamic so- we have within Odd Lude and within you know the show Rolling in the Mist. And, and that's you know the core of Rolling in the Mist is a bunch of friends having fun playing a game together. And pushing pushing the boundaries just a little, yeah. just a little bit. Don Don sent me something the other day. He says, "You know what? You tell call two guys sitting in a no, room no, no, together no, no, no. a podcast. Two guys. What, what was two it? Two guys sitting in a, sitting in a room talking shit to each other. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. Sounds <laughs> like every one of our meetings. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. It's I mean I I think that's. That's what I enjoy about podcasting is that, you know, you can really make it what you want. You have complete flexibility of what you want to do with your show. And if you enjoy it, if you're enjoying it, I think other people will enjoy it because if it sounds like you're having fun, we're having fun. And, and, and just talking to you guys, I mean, you guys sound like you're a lot of fun to hang out with. So if I, if I, if if I could ever get my wife to talk me into going back down to LA, because I, I lived in Southern California for 15 years. Uh, in Orange County, though, uh, and I do miss the Mexican food, and I do miss In and Out Burger. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if I get her uh, talk me, if I, if she can talk me to going back down there, I'll I'll hook up with you guys someday, and we'll uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, get a role in there of uh, of a Letterkenny character. Ooh. Dude, if you <laughs> don't give him any ideas, please. No, 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 no. If, if you, I'll be I'll be. Squ- if you- I'll be squirrely. If you Dean. come into a city of miss one shot with your mythos being squirrely is squirrely Dan or Wayne from letter Kenny, like 100%. Yes. There, there is a chair open for you. <laughs> no, yeah. If, if you happen to come by, we'd be, we'd love to hang out Stuart. with you mm-hmm. and Don. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, I appreciate that. 
I appreciate that about you. <laughs> well, there it is. That's what she appreciates about them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, look at you there, Grown. <laughs> they take about a twenty percent off, there. guys. They. <laughs> uh kevin bravo thank you so much for joining us uh it's been a blast i mean i'm sure we could talk for hours and hours but i've got to uh i've got things i've got to do and i know don has probably just gotten home and he's gonna go yell at his uh technology <laughs> some more so so one more it doesn't so, matter where i am at oh, this point oh, so before, I, before getting, we leave uh, my dog is chewing his chew toy on me this that oh. he just cannot re resist so go one ahead. more time before I was going to say, well, but before we leave, uh, please plug your show. Tell us where you're found. Uh, give us all, you know, if you're, your Twitter, your Tumblr, your Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, you're my give us Kevin. spiel. Kevin, give him the voice, please. You're my space. Well, certainly. <laughs> well, listen to Rolling in the Mist, a City of Mist actual play podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, YouTube. Like I said, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you like Defenders, if you like Percy Jackson and you want something in the middle and also just want to hear a bunch of friends having fun around the table uh, and acting like idiots and acting like idiots, listen to Rolling in the Mist, published by Odd Loot. You can also uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter under the term Odd Loot. That's A-W-D Loot. Do you also have a Patreon? We also do have a Patreon. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how to run it. <laughs> Get that money. We give us please. <laughs> we we I think you I think you have to I think you have to find someone that also has a Patreon to give you direction on how to use your Patreon. <laughs> but you have to join their Patreon to learn your Patreon. That, that might be what we need you to know, do. I actually refuse to ask for help check from anyone. With, uh, check That's, you talk to Zach uh for podcast junkie. Uh, he's he's got his going, so yeah. chat with him. We'll do. Yeah, we'll do. So he, he could he yeah he's uh he and I uh he and I kind of are we don't live too far from each other. He's just down the road in uh in uh, Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, I think is where he is. So hopefully one day he and I will hook up and be able to share because that's that's the idea that I came up with was to find mm -hmm. you people and his his was to find the shows you and so we're just kind of integrating that. So that's where I got. The idea of the gorilla interviews we don't know anything about you but right. let's find out so and i'm glad we have and we really appreciate you being yeah. on and uh we'll we'll get this episode wrapped up in the can and probably out tomorrow yeah, hopefully turnaround fingers right. crossed <laughs> we need to work on our uh, turnaround the, a little bit uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this roadcaster man uh it's 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 pretty sweet and makes it handy uh, along with yeah. the squad cast uh, makes it handy for getting things edited pretty quickly because it's it makes the uh, the the clarity nice. pretty nice. We'll look into that. Thanks, mm -hmm. man. Yeah. All right, guys. You have a good one, and uh, we'll talk we'll to you later. Soon. Oh, oh, and, and like we always say, Don, pet dogs, eat bacon, <laughs> give hugs, give hugs, and we love you. Love you guys. All right. Have a Take good care, one. everybody. Bye, guys. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podscure. If you'd like us, subscribe and give us a nice review. 
You don't have to, but it'd be cool. You can do so on either iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or on podchaser.com. We would like to thank our guests for joining with us today, uh, and we hope to find new guests here in the near future in our guerrilla podcasting. Also, if you would like to find our website, it's at podsecure.com, and you could email Don and I at host at podsecure.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, maybe even somebody else you'd like to hear on our show, drop us a line. Take care now. We love you.